open once again to the book of Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 4. And this is, as we've said before, one of those books where just seemingly Paul uh, does not even draw a breath. I mean, everything is just boom, 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 right down the line here. And we start in verse 17 of chapter 4, and we're going to try to get to the end of the chapter tonight. It says, This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind. Having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart, who, being past feeling, have given themselves over unto lasciviousness to work all uncleanness with greediness. But ye have not so learned Christ, if so be that ye have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus." that ye put off concerning the former conversation, the old man which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that ye put on the new man which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Wherefore, putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another, be ye angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down on upon your wrath, neither give place to the devil. Let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands, the thing which is good that he may have to give him to him that needeth. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying that it may minister grace unto the hearers. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. 5.1 be ye therefore followers of God as dear children. One of our theme verses this year. Verse 2, And walk in love as Christ also hath loved us and hath given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. Now, putting this all in context, Paul is begging the Ephesians starting in verse 1 of chapter 4, to walk worthy. How are they going to walk worthy? Well, they have to understand there's one Lord, one faith, one baptism. There's only one place to go. There's only one church. There's only one salvation. There's only one faith. And we need to be participants. Uh, took Joey to the barber shop this morning, sat there and and a guy came in, I mean, just one of those talkers. I mean, uh, uh, just started in, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, well, where are you from originally? And I said, well, I'm originally from Baltimore, Maryland. He said, I thought I heard that southern accent. And uh, I said, no, no, actually, I picked that up in Missouri. And he said, Missouri, what were you doing there? And so, Bible college. And 
Why did you move from there to here? I said, I'm glad you asked. And he went over to my coat and gave him a gospel track. And, and uh, you know, the uh, idea here is that uh, we, we need to understand something. We're supposed to be servants of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he said, well, why did you come here to plant a Baptist church? And I said, ah, one of my favorite questions. I said, I wasn't raised a Baptist. I grew up in a basically uh, a Baptistic kind of church, uh, evangelical, you might call it. And uh, I said, I realized in Bible college that I didn't have a right to start my own church if Jesus had already started his. And so I became a Baptist. And right then, everything went wacko in the store. Guy comes walking in with a dog. It's my turn to sit in the barber chair. Three other people come. I mean, uh, but he got a gospel track. I, I don't even think he gave me his first name, but uh, you pray for him if you would, that he would hear the gospel and uh, come to the service sometime. But that's that Paul was trying to tell us. There are no other options. And God has ordered his church. That was last week's message. God, he gave some. There, there is a process that is involved. The perfecting of the saints. There's not a one of us that do not need some work. And, and these men that God has given us. And we went through the prophets and the, and the evangelists, which are missionaries and pastors and teachers. And, and, and I did not talk about this last week, but just going to throw it in there. This is one of the reasons why it's important to send your pastors to some of these preachers' meetings. is because preachers need preaching too. And there's a process there. And I will tell you this will work in anyone's life. You want a better pastor, you start praying and God will answer your prayer. He'll make you a better listener and he'll make me a better preacher. And we'll work together. When we're praying like that, good things happen. If we're not, uh, I can promise you, uh, over the years, every once in a while, uh, someone will come up and say, Pastor, I'm just not being fed. I'm going to leave the church. And I said, well, I said, you, you need to understand something. Uh, we've got a lot of other people that are being fed here, and, and maybe you need to check what you're doing. Oh, it's not me! Yeah, every time. Yeah, that's the way it goes. Uh no, it's us. Amen? And that's part of being part of the same body. And now Paul's going to take this last part of this chapter and really he's going to go the whole way through chapter 5 uh, and most of the way through chapter 6. And, I mean, it is going to be every phrase is going to be something. Now, he starts off here in uh, uh, verse 17 saying, This I say therefore and testify in the Lord that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind. Now, I want to take just a moment as we're reviewing here and we're going to look through the book of, of Ephesians here. Uh, go back to Ephesians chapter 2 verse 3. 
uh, he starts out with you, hath he quickened who are dead, past, dead in trespasses and sins. Verse 3, among whom also we all had our conversation in time past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature... Um, wait a minute. Uh, where was I? Oh, there it is. Verse 2, typo. Where in time past ye walked according to the course of this world. Verse 3 is describing that course. Uh, and Paul says, listen, you started somewhere. You started walking according to the course of this world. Look at verse 10. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works which God hath before ordained that we should what? Walk in them. See, we walked according to the course of this world. God has a plan, a, a path of good works that He has ordained that we should walk in. We get to chapter 4 and verse 1, it tells us to walk worthy. Verse 17, walk not as other Gentiles walk. Now, why did Paul say walk not as other Gentiles walk? Because the Ephesian church was primarily a Gentile church. Yes, there were Jewish people there. But he's telling the, the, these church members that even though you are Gentiles, that is not going to change. In fact, uh, this was something that came up uh, in the Middle Ages along with uh, Reformed theology and all of this. It's called replacement theology. That Jesus threw away the children of Israel and adopted the Gentiles as his people. And uh, that, according to the Apostle Paul here, is not biblical at all. Because if that were the case, Paul would not be saying as other Gentiles. He said, you remain Gentiles. You don't change into Jewish people. Where God is, though he adopts us as sons, he does not displace his own people. And he tells us that we're not to walk as other Gentiles do. Uh, we read chapter 5, verse 2. It says, walk in love. Verse 8 of chapter 5 says, walk as children of light. Verse 15 tells us to walk circumspectly or to pay attention to how we walk. Um, that is seven different times in six chapters, Paul is talking about the walk of the Christian life. Let me ask you a question. Do you think he's kind of concerned with the way Christians walk? It really is. And we do have a path to go. We have, uh, we, we are not sedentary. God did not save us to just sit around and wait for Jesus to come back. He has things for us to do. A body is best used by making it work. Amen? Uh, wanna, uh, we, we need to, I didn't get an amen on that. Um, how many of you want to spend your Christian life laying in a spiritual bed or wheelchair not being able to move? Is that, is that what we want here? Christian infirmity? I, I would hope and pray not. Uh, the best way to serve Christ is by being on the move, by doing what Christ would have us to do. Could we say amen to that? Okay. And so, uh, he is telling us that we are not to walk as other Gentiles walk, in the vanity of their mind. 
Do I have to spend much time on the vanity of their mind with impeachment just having been pushed through the House of Representatives? I mean, that's probably about one of the greatest illustrations of the vanity of the mind uh, that I can come up with in recent history. uh, even some of the liberal news commentators are saying, I, I'm not sure about this. What has the president done? Well, I'll tell you what he's done, not what Nancy Pelosi wanted him to do. Uh, not what whatever her Maria Olovich or whatever her name was, the former ambassador. Ambassadors serve the president, not the other way around. And if you want to know what it's about, it's, it's right here. They are protecting our Constitution by trying to impeach the president. If that makes sense to you, please explain it to me after the service. I'd, I'd, I'd like to meet someone who actually believes that. Uh, we'll, if you do, we'll talk about that in a little bit. But vanity of the mind. This is where everybody is. Passing out tracts on the street. I don't need that. I'm good. I'm great. Vanity of the mind. How many know what the word vanity means? Nothing. That's what the word vanity means. That's what Solomon said in the book of Ecclesiastes. Everything is nothing. Why? Because Solomon wasn't walking with the Lord. That's why. When you don't walk with Jesus Christ, when you're not obeying Him, when you're not working with Him, when you have not the purpose of Christ driving your life, uh, I don't care what you accomplish, it is nothing. That's the first here. The vanity of their mind. Having the understanding darkened. Have you ever met someone and you tried to explain the Bible and it was just like, "Uh, I don't get this. I, I don't understand. I don't think I've ever done anything wrong. Now, I expect that from a two-year-old, maybe a four-year-old. I've experienced in talking to some six- and seven-year-olds that they've never done anything wrong, and especially if they thought that uh, I was accusing them, like the little boy, uh, that uh, somebody had told the uh, the pastor that he had... Um, uh, Stolen something there at the church. And, and so the pastor calls him into the office and he says, Young man, I want to ask you a question. Where's God? And the little boy looked up at him and he said, Have you heard me, young man? I want to know where's God. And he gets up, runs out of there, and his mom is waiting, hoping that there would be some reformation. And and uh, he grabs a hold of her and says, Mom, they lost God and they think I stole them. And uh, that's just not really very helpful now, is it? But having their understanding darkened, people just don't think. They don't think good thoughts about the Bible and preachers anymore. If you listen to the news, it's not, go to the church of your choice. It's, sue that dirty, rotten so-and-so that abused you when you were a little kid. Every other commercial. And 
what these lawyers and law firms don't tell these poor people that have been injured and hurt is that they're just as bad as the dirty, rotten so-and-sos trying to steal the money that they're going to get a third of whatever settlement you get. And I'm just, I'm not for anybody being hurt. But I really, really get upset when there's people out there taking advantage of the hurt and the pain and the suffering of people for their advantage. That just boils my blood. How can people do this? Uh, It's because their understanding is dark. I'm helping people. I'm getting them remuneration for their suffering. Yeah, and you're getting a third of it, right? Yes. And fees. uh, Probably closer to a half of it, if the truth were known. Uh, it's, It's really sad. Being alienated from the life of God. Being alienated. That means totally separate. No right. Uh, Paul had gone over this in chapter 3, talking about how that the Ephesians had no right to claim God as their Savior because they were Gentiles. They were removed from the promises. And yet Jesus, the mystery of God's love throughout all the ages, was to bring the Gentiles into a saving relationship with the God of Israel. This is what the Bible says. They said they're alienated from life through the ignorance that is in them. Why? Because of the blindness of their eyes, right? No. Nothing will stop you from seeing like your heart. I mean, we've discussed this on many occasions. The, the Bible is not kidding when it says every man did that which was right in their own eyes. I want to challenge you. People think they're doing right. You don't, it will be a very rare day when you meet someone who says, I want to do what's wrong. I'm out to hurt as many people before I get squashed. I know what's going to happen to me. That's the philosophy of the devil himself. He goeth about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Uh, I'll tell you, to be a very rare person indeed, that you, most people you'll meet. Oh, you don't understand. I'm just doing the best I can. And the, the simple question is always, when has that ever been good enough? It wasn't good enough in second grade. Your teacher wouldn't accept the best you can when you tried to add 2 plus 2. You had to come up with the right answer, except today. Uh, Now you can write down 22 or or 4 or 6 or 8, whatever you want to do. It's It's a sad day. It's alienated from the life of God through the ignorances in them because of the blindness of their hearts. You must see. With your heart before you'll ever see with your eyes. Can we say amen to that? But here's what happens when your heart is blind. Who being past feeling. Have given themselves over unto lasciviousness. To work all uncleanness with greediness. 
They are past feeling. You wonder why people can do this. They, they have given themselves over this word lasciviousness. It's one of those big $64 words. It just means a totally corrupt thought process. It means that only every thought, just like God described the people before Noah's flood, the thought, the intent of every heart, man's heart was evil continually. And I'm sure we've all met lascivious people over the years. And they cannot, you can't get there by what it says, is they have given themselves over. And I had a thought here. Uh, we have a big debate going on in the United States right now. We have members of, com- uh, of Congress that identify themselves as socialists. Uh, those of you that are adults and understand the word socialist is the word communism. It, it is the same thought process. And, and they talk about how superior socialism is to capitalism, because all capitalism is, is greed. Have you ever met an unselfish communist? I'm talking about the party leaders. I'll tell you, I've never met one. Uh, The best way I like to describe communism is getting more control over more and more until you finally have Total control over everything, only to find out nothing is left. That's how communism works. And capitalism without morality is nothing but greed. Uh, Let's just go back to the other end of the spectrum. Same thing. It's wanting everything. You see, no one starts out Seeking uncleanness. No one desires from the very beginning to be past feeling, to work all uncleanness with greediness. Nobody starts there. But that's where you end up. Now, here's what verse 20 says. Let's look at it very carefully. But ye have not so learned Christ. It doesn't say about Christ, in Christ, with Christ, from Christ. He says, but ye have not so learned Christ. Uh, All through our New Testament, this phrase is the knowledge of the Son of God. The knowledge of Jesus Christ. Knowing who Jesus is. Uh, um, I hope you don't ever get tired of hearing. If you've got a problem... The, uh, the solution is learning more of who Jesus is, to know Christ. Ye have not so learned Christ. We, we need a greater knowledge, a greater understanding of who Jesus is. Now, the next verse says, If so be that ye have heard him. How about John ten twenty seven? My sheep. Know my voice, and they follow me. And I I do want to warn you. Some people think I'm kidding or talking tongue-in-cheek. This is not. The world is full of voices, my friend. If 
if we could tune our eyesight down, we see such a very narrow part of the electromagnetic uh, spectrum comes as is perceived as light to our eyes. If you were to put on a set of infrared goggles, the whole world would turn red and black or green and black, depending on the type of goggles that are there, as it lowers the level of light that your eyes can see. And then you, that's how our soldiers use night vision. And uh, yet, if you could lower it even more, you would see these great big huge waves bouncing through. And that would be your television signals and your radio signals and your uh, short wave signals and your long wave signals and all of these things going all around us and the cosmic noise uh, of the universe. They tried to make sense out of that and record it on uh, uh, these big satellite antennas. But you need to listen to Jesus. If you've heard the call, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And then it says, and have been taught by him. How do you get taught by Jesus? But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall what? Teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. Here's how Jesus teaches you. Jesus is the living word. This book is the written word. Don't divide them. Don't separate them. And then, what's it say? As the truth is in Jesus. He's going back to the first part of this chapter. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. It, we, there is no other place. If you're going to find truth, it's going to be Jesus. You've got to end there. All truth begins with him. All truth ends with him. If you're going anywhere else. And I will tell you, that's not acceptable in many circles today. People say, I, uh, I just, I just want to be uh, uh, more free in my thought. Well, you're not going to be more free in your thoughts. You're going to be darkened in your understanding. You're, you're going to be alienated from the life that is in God. You're going to miss out on all the greatest things that the Bible has. And... In verse 22, it tells us that ye put off. And he's going to have this, uh, this back and forth between here and the end of the chapter. You're going to put off. You're going to put on. You're going to put away. And you're going to do this. And so let's, let's get into this here. Verse 22. That ye put off concerning the former conversation, the old man which is corrupt according to deceitful love, a lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And that ye put on the new man which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Now, here, could we not, could we find a greater, uh, uh, difference, uh, uh, a greater uh, 
comparison here, farther apart in the polls, he says that ye put off concerning the former conversation the old man, which is corrupt according to deceitful lust. This is one of the great issues that we fight today is that you can come to some of these quote-unquote churches and you don't have to put off anything. You can embrace what is in your heart because God put it there is what the purpose-driven life says. Uh, No, the Bible is very clear. What was in your heart before you were saved is not going to help you serve Christ. Uh, This is one of the reasons people with great talents and abilities often get tripped up in their search for God. Because, well, I I can do this. I can do this so well. I met a guy one time. He was a songwriter. And he had been in Nashville. And he had written uh, very... He said, I've written a dozen uh, top-of-the-chart selling songs. And he said, I was with all the greats. And he started going through all the names. And I'm sitting there going, wow, who is this guy? He said, but I can't write a song for Jesus. He said, I can't write one. He said, I was great in the world, but I, I can't do anything that way for Christ. I want you to understand that what you had in the world isn't going to help. You've got to get rid of it. You've got to say no to yourself. Isn't that a terribly tough thing? Especially Christmas cookies and all those wonderful things that are this time of year. Uh, eggnog lattes. And you go in and say, now don't thin it out with all that little milk. Just keep it solid eggnog. That's the way to do it. And, and uh, of course, the calories, you'll, you'll die of all that stuff if you drink enough of it. But... Uh, uh, we'll, we'll put that, that, it says here, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. you know where God starts? He saves your heart, and then he starts working on your mind so that you can think biblically. That's what the discipleship is about that we have here at the church. We're trying to train you in the process of biblical thinking so that you can put on that new man which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Once you put on that new man, now Paul's taking a deep breath because 25 through 32 is going to be, I mean, right down the list here. Here we go. Wherefore, putting away lying. Speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. I mean, that's something to remember. If someone is lying to you, it's because they don't consider you worthy of the truth. Uh, it's just a, a, a terrible thing. So, putting away lying, speak every man the truth. Every man truth with his neighbor. And by the way. As the truth is in Jesus, verse 21, still there. And so that is the greatest truth that we can speak with our neighbors. Now, here's one that people get upset about and try to reword. Be ye angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Connection, neither give place to the devil. Now, uh, the Lord Paul saying here, be ye angry. Oh, I can handle that. Boy, I can get angry anytime I want. How about you? Most of us don't have a problem getting angry. 
Well, the second part is the hard part, and sin not. How many of you, when you get angry, sin? Say things you ought not say, do things you ought not do. Um, it says, be ye angry and sin not. Well, what is the first thing most of us think of doing when we feel that anger welling up in our soul? I'm not angry. Liar. If you're lying about something, are you ever going to solve the problem? No. You've got to be honest. That, that's all Paul's saying. Don't try to put that inside and pretend it doesn't exist. That's just back to the first verse. You're not speaking the truth. You're not being honest with yourself or anybody else. So you put away lying. You be angry. You don't let anger drive you to do something wrong. And it says, let not the sun go down upon your wrath. If someone has offended you, if you've gotten upset, you need to get that settled now. You need to get it settled before the sun goes down. You need to solve that problem. Because if you don't, you're giving place to the devil. Most of us would never, in our wildest imagination, build a room for the devil to live in our life. But I want to tell you something here. When you're angry and you keep it inside and you hold those grudges and you uh, hold on to that hurt that someone has hurt you with, where someone has failed you and let you down, uh, what you're doing, in essence, is you're building a place in your life for the devil to begin work. If we would only look at it the way the Bible does, we'd understand how serious this is. Neither give place to the devil. Verse 28, let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands the thing that is good that he may have to give to him that needeth. So, we're going to put away lying We're going to deal with anger. We're not going to lie about it. We're not going to suppress it. But we're going to, we're not going to let it drive us to sin. And we're going to take care of that with, through the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're not going to give a place to the devil. Now, let him that stole steal no more. Stop stealing. Now, how many different ways are there, how can we, how many different ways are there to steal? Oh. Infinite number, just as much as the uh, 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 imagination of man, as far as it will carry him. But rather, let him labor, working with his hands the thing which is good. You know what? It is not necessarily biblical to be rich. There's a lot of people that lose their relationship with God and church and everything because they want money. But there's a lot of people that also use that as an excuse to be lazy. Uh, let's, let's get to work, is what it's simply saying. So that you'll have what you need to solve the problems. Amen? And then it says, 
Now we're going to deal with corrupt communication. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. Have you ever thought about that? That God has made you a minister of His grace. Is your speech ministering God's grace or is it ministering your own attitude? Here's the list. And then we come down here and it says, uh, verse 30, And grieve not the Spirit of God whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. You notice this one does not have a a caveat to it like the other ones do. Uh, It says, uh, uh, putting away lying, speak every man the truth, be angry and sin not, neither give place to the devil. Let him that stole steal no more. Let no corrupt communication come out of your mouth, but that it may be uh, minister grace. And here it just says, and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. You're sealed. You're not going to unseal yourself. You're sealed until the day of redemption. But don't make it difficult for the Holy Spirit to move you and guide you. Now, again, the Holy Spirit does not guide you by talking in your ear. If you're tuning into voices, I want to warn you. Don't, don't do that. Don't fall prey to mystical Christianity. That is not from the Bible. We must stay in tune to the written Word of God. Then, he says, I'm going to give you a list of things to put away. Bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking with all malice. Tell you that that word malice, it just means hurtful intent. Yeah, okay, I'll give it to you. This happens in the nursery all the time. I'll give you this toy. They don't say it out loud. Woo! <laughs> and uh, I mean, it, it's just the way certain little children, I'm going to share. I'm going to bite off 70% of it and I'll give you the leftovers. Uh, that's, that's malice. Bitterness. Bitterness is a weed that you have to look for. It will grow up in your life. It will defile you if you do not get it when it's small. Wrath. Here we have this same thing. Uh, it says, be ye angry and sin not. Don't let anger, uh, deal, uh, force, uh, drive you towards sin and saying and doing things that are not right. But, You need to put away wrath. That should not be the pattern of life for someone who has heard and been taught by Jesus Christ. Clamor. That's just useless noise. Boy, we got so much of that in this day and time. Why do people play their music so loud? Clamor. Because it drowns out anybody telling them the truth. Evil speaking. With all malice. But here's what you're supposed to do. Here's what you're supposed to put on. Be kind one to another. I'll tell you, the world could use so much more kindness. 
Uh, I don't know about any one of us in this room, but I, I think we could all be a little more kind. That's something we need to work on. How do we do that? Well, if we'll get rid of bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, evil speaking, we'll get rid of all that malice, then we can work on being kind one to another. Tender-hearted. Forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. Wow. Like I said, Paul doesn't stop for a breath, does he? I mean, every line. Wow. Boom. Boom. Every one of these could be a, a life's endeavor. There are things that we need to stop. There are things that we need to do. Uh, the next time someone says, I've got a new program. I'm say, you, you read Ephesians chapter 4. If you've got everything done in Ephesians chapter 4, call me. We'll, we'll talk about a new program. I'm still working on this. And when I'm done, I'll call you. But don't hold your breath. Amen? Uh, it's going to take a lifetime to do these things. This is the way. I mean, the summary is right here. Be ye followers of God as dear children. Wouldn't, wouldn't that be a wonderful thing? That if God looked on us as dear children. Few things sweeter than a dear child. Few things meaner than uh, a, a child that has totally been trained to be selfish. I'll tell you, it's the only problem is some of those children are in their 40s. And... Uh, it is just a terrifying world when someone is so wrapped up in themselves that they can't see. Well, it goes back. Their understanding is darkened. And they, they are alienated from the life that is in God. This is all the life they have. But we can be kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. I mean, that's... Forgiveness is not based on your magnanimity. It's based on the finished work of Jesus Christ. That's where forgiveness is. That's what allows us to lay these things aside and be followers of God as dear children, to walk in love. And it'll be two weeks before we take this study up again. But uh, Let's, let's be in prayer. Let's ask the Lord to do His work in our hearts and lives. Let's ask Him to make us mindful of these things, to put them in our daily walk. Dear Heavenly Father, we come.